Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Turn in our Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 27. Now, last week we saw Jesus telling his disciples that it was harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And they said, well, wait a minute, how can it, I mean, if that's the way it is, how can anybody get saved? How can anybody enter into everlasting life? And Jesus said, no, it's impossible for men, but it's not impossible for God. And that's where we want to turn our focus this morning, to him, the one who can do impossible, real good, no trouble. Impossible, he says, impossible is us, can do impossible all the time. The next Part of this chapter, the end of chapter 19 of Matthew, tells us then Peter, Pilate, he, he had a little something to ask. We read it in verse 27. He said to him, Behold, Lord, we've left everything and followed you. What then will there be for us? And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you that have followed me, he says, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, he said, you also will sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or farms for my name's sake shall receive many times as much and shall inherit eternal life. Now many, he says, but many who are first will be last and those that are last shall be first. First of all, well, Peter. Peter's one of my heroes in the Bible because he always is going, excuse me, what about us? What about this? What about John? What about, you know, he's always asking the questions. Now, I like that because without him, we wouldn't have a lot of answers. I find some of the juiciest answers when I listen to how he answered the disciples. Now, let me show you what he says to them. He says, don't worry, in the regeneration, he said, guys, in John chapter 14, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. He says, and when I go to prepare a mansion, don't worry, I will come again, that I might receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Now, somebody asked me, where did you get the idea that Jesus is going to come again? Is it from Jesus? <laughs> I mean, he didn't have the big stretch here. He said it. And in this passage, as you notice, he says, when the regeneration, the, well, remember when he taught them that prayer, that what, what people affectionately call the Lord's Prayer, but it's really the disciples' prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, high and lifted up is your name. Thy kingdom come. That will be done on earth as it is right. So we, we just prayed for God's kingdom to come here. Now, it's Peter who's writing this stuff. I'm sorry, not Peter. It's, it's Peter who's asking the question here. But I think he listened to the answer. Because here, Jesus told him in the regeneration, when, it, when I come to make my kingdom, it's going to make, well, we read it in Revelation, right? He'll make a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. It won't be wicked, corrupt leaders that you know can be bought off by this corrupt corporation. No, when 
when his kingdom comes oh what a there was a there was a story in the old testament where where nebuchadnezzar the king of babylon had a vision it was in his bed at the night he he saw a statue a great statue in the plains of dura and so tall was the statue like 60 cubits 90 feet up and the vision goes on and a, a stone it says not cut by human hands came and it hit the toes on the on the statue and it crumbles it says into a pile and becomes like chaff well in the story there in Daniel it says that rock stone hit the statue the statue becomes like chaff and blows away but who can tell me what happened to the stone it says it grew into a great mighty mountain that filled the earth okay who can tell me from the book of Hebrews what's the stone what the builders rejected the chief cornerstone who was that Jesus now I got a question for you what in Nebuchadnezzar, well Nebuchadnezzar he got really troubled he was like this freaked me out I had this dream it was really vivid cannot even sleep get me my men tell them I want them to, to, to tell me the meaning of this dream and they were always smoozing the king they were all oh king live forever you know your soul yeah you're God on earth you're such a good guy and and he says all right you guys I'm sick of you schmoozing me you know he's he said I tell you what you tell me the dream and you tell me the interpretation that way I know you really are able to interpret and if you don't do it I'm gonna have your houses made into the city rubbish heap and I'm gonna have you torn limb from limb use you for the fodder for the first pile he's gonna tear him yeah he says you guys give me the answer well they freaked out and you guys that know the story who was the young man that God used to interpret the dream Daniel and Daniel comes to the rescue this by the way I'm just for you guys that love the, the, the word, I'm just giving you a little kind of um, reader's digest of the book of Daniel. But the book of Daniel tells us the story that Daniel went to the Lord. The Lord, what? Show me what this is. And the Lord revealed it to him. He came before the king. He said, King, O Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head of gold. You are the first kingdom that has the world dominance. And by the way, if you study history, he was the first king that ever ruled the entire known world at one time. We haven't had a lot of world ruling empires. We've had lots of fights all over the world for dominance, but I'm talking who actually achieved it. Well, we got Babylon. He said, but then after you will come another kingdom, the arms and the chest of silver. And just like silver is inferior to gold, he says, it'll be a little bit weaker than your kingdom, but it will be comprised of two parts, the Medes and the Persians, followed by a third kingdom, which will be that, that part of the bronze, the, mince, the midsection, the loin. And that will have this one guy that will rise to great power, and then the, he's going to be unseated and broken up into four parts. And he gets all these details. Anyway, who was the next world ruler? Alexander the Great. And then it got broken up into the Roman kingdom, to four generals of the Roman kingdom. And just like exactly how it was prophesied, in fact, some guys tell me this. Oh, Daniel must have been written way, way longer past when they say because it's too accurate. Nobody can know the history before it happened. Who knows ahead? You know, sometimes we get all freaked out. That I, I, how many of you guys take comfort that God knows ahead 
Like he knows the beginning and the end, not just, oh boy, this is a new one. I didn't see this one coming. I didn't know I was going to have to die for Izzy. Oh, forget it. I would have said no. You know, he doesn't say those things. He knew the whole thing, right? Us included. He looked ahead. He said, I'm going to send my son. But see, it's a matter of perspective. Because it's hard to fathom seeing the future and the past and the present all in one, you know, one understanding that, they, that God has that kind of view of us. By the way, how many have been to the Rose Bowl Parade or seen it on the television? For those of us from Hawaii, it's like, hey, where's, where's Hawaii? So you find the spot. Now, when it comes to finding the spot where you are in the actual parade, as the noise is going on and the people, the floats going, how do you figure out where you are in the, in the program? You look at the program, right? You see, oh, it says Hawaii is coming after Costa Mesa, what's coming after Orange County. So let's look for Orange County, right? Because if we see Orange County, we know then there's only Costa Mesa, then Hawaii. So we, we just got to find this like reference point in time. It, it's coming. And when you're God, where's your perspective? Where's your seating for the parade? Up? Yeah, he's in the blimp. Right? He's up above. He can see the whole thing looks like one caterpillar with all different colors, right? Just snaking through the street working. Because he, from his perspective, he sees the first float still. And it might have gone by you like two hours ago. But to God, he's up there going, no, it's still right over there. It just turned a bellflower and it's heading that way. You know, he sees the whole thing. Like one big caterpillar making its way down the, down the route, right? And if you said to him, which one's coming next? He could give you the whole lineup. Well, he saw the kingdoms of this earth, the world ruling empires from beginning to end. But the end of the story, he tells us a stone's going to come and dash that last kingdom right on the toes and bring down the whole thing. And that stone's going to become a great mountain and fill the whole earth. Well, I don't know about you, but that gives me great hope. Because when I look at stuff on this earth, sometimes I get discouraged, you know, how, what we do with this earth and how we treat it and some of the things. I don't know about you, but some, some of you I know are very ecology-minded. You see how people treat the, the land and the sea and what they do to some of the fish and the corals. And it troubles you. And that's okay. I got good news for you. You know what the good news is? It's from this guy, Peter. Peter was listening to Jesus. Jesus says, in the regeneration, when I make this all new, you'll sit with me on, my, uh, uh, on the thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And who's going to be ruling? Some corrupt king? No, he is. Remember when he was on earth? They were trying to get him to rule back then. They were saying, let's make him king. After he fed everybody? Think back to when we studied the feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000. What they want to do with him? The next day, they're like, Jesus for king. Man, he's great. He feeds us, teaches us about God. He heals us, takes care of all the sicknesses, all the hurting. He's, he would be the best. Wouldn't he make a good king? But when he came the first time, the Bible tells us he came in reference to sin. He had to come to take care of a root problem. He had to remove sin. But the Bible says when he comes again, 
It won't be to take away sin. Sin will already been dealt with. He'll come to establish his kingdom. And this is something sweet. See, now Peter, when Peter wrote his last letter, he knows that he's about to die. Now what does he want to tell him? He tells him, you guys, all this stuff, what you see down here, God is not going to remove with water like he did once when he judged the world in the days of Noah. No. Instead, this world is reserved for a different kind of judgment. Fire. He says, in this next judgment, Peter says, it's all going to burn. Now, don't be afraid, because this is part of the regeneration. You ever seen in the forest how there's these certain trees, they, they have these seeds, like uh, pine cones, that the seed cannot plant itself in the ground until you get great heat on it. You know what happens next? We, we, we call this regeneration. After the fire, this, this incredible growth spurt happens in the forest where things come back to life, and all that ash becomes fertilizer, makes good stuff to grow in. Don't worry, when this thing all goes kaboom, Jesus is going to make it all new. A new heaven and a new earth. Now he tells us this. There, Peter's going, excuse me, what about us? Anyone ever wondered what about you? He says, listen, don't worry. You'll be with me. You're going to be ruling and reign. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, we'll be kings and priests to our God. We'll rule and reign with him in righteousness. The, the things that are done unrighteously that have troubled you for so many years, don't worry. You're going to get a chance for making it right. And that's going to be a sweet day. And I'm glad Peter piped up here, because if he wouldn't have, I wouldn't have this little thing here to notice that, that he, has a, he has a thing prepared for us. Now, he says to them, but I want you to know the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Now, these are one of the first guys in what you would call in the club, so to speak, right? The, the, the apostles, they're the A-team. That's what I call it, you know. They, they were in the first early followers of Jesus, so... He kind of rate them in the first group, right? But he tells them, guys, the first are going to be last, and the last are going to be first. Now, some people are troubled by this, but I tell them, don't make the big mistake. This is what some people do when they read the Bible. So I read something that kind of troubled me. I didn't get it, so I put the book down. Figured I don't get it, so I should quit reading. Is that the right response? No. From experience, whenever you read something you don't get, read on. I have found it is written so perfectly by the inspiration of God's Spirit. He does this a lot. He makes you read and you go, I don't get this. Read on. And if you just to read on, let me show you what he, well, chapter 20, verse 1. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out in the early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a, a denarius for each day, he sent them out into his vineyard. Now he went out about the third hour of the day, and he saw there were others standing idle in the marketplace. So he, he said to those, you too, go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give it to you. So they went. Now, if you're not familiar with this third hour, what we're going to read here, and then he goes again, it says about the sixth hour, then the ninth hour, and then... He did the same thing. They started the first hour of the day at um, what we'd say 6 a.m. 
So first hour will be 6 a.m. Three hours later is what? Nine. That's right. So if they, so he went out about nine in the morning, found some more people just idle. He said, come, work in my vineyard. I'll pay you what's, you know, I'll, I'll be fair with you. And so then he went in even to the sixth hour and the ninth hour. So sixth hour would be noon and then the ninth hour, 3 p.m. And so he finds even more people standing around. Here, come, work in my vineyard. And then he said to them, because, well, he gets there later and he says, why are you still standing idle all day long? About the, it says the 11th hour it was in verse 6. Man, we're, we're to 5 p.m. Only got about an hour left of daylight. He says to him, why are you standing here? They said, well, no one's hired us. So he says to them, well, go into my vineyard. And then the, when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, call the laborers here and pay them their wages. Beginning, he says, with the last group unto the first. So start with the guys who got here last. So when those that were hired about the 11th hour came, each one of them received a denarius, about a day's wage, an entire day's wage. In their day, it was at 18 cents worth of silver for a day's wage. But when those who, who had been hired first came, they thought, well, man, we're going to receive more because those guys each got a denarius. And, and so when they got paid, they looked down and it says they, they began to grumble at the landowners saying, these last men have only worked one hour and you made them equal to us who have been born the burden and the scorching heat of the day. But he answered, he said to, to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree to work for me for the day for a Daenerys? Didn't, wasn't that the price? He said, Take what's yours and go your way. But if I wish to give to the last man, the same as I give to you, he said, Is it not lawful for me to do with what I wish with what is my own? Or is your eye what? Envious because I am generous. Now thus it shall be that the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Now, what had he been talking about in chapter 19? What, what did we start with today? A camel going through the eye of a needle, and that was all about a rich man entering into the kingdom of heaven. And then Peter says, what about us? He says, Don't worry, in the kingdom of heaven, you're going to be taken care of. But we left everything for you, Lord. And he tells them the truth. He says, I tell you the truth. It, you have not left father, mother, brother, sister, farm, anything for my namesake. What you will not only receive back more in this life. We need to remember this, by the way. We got this young Korean group here going out on outreach, leaving their families, leaving behind the loved ones. When you go on outreach, and share the gospel somewhere else, you feel like, I'm leaving it all for you, Lord. And the Lord says, don't worry. You might leave all that for me, but you, I tell you the truth, I will give you back even more. More mothers, more brothers, more sisters. You know, this is one thing. Anyone here have a rough family life besides myself growing up? For those of us that didn't have it so good, one thing I have found out is really nice about being a follower of Jesus is even in leaving the things of my own family behind to serve the Lord. And they, I got mocked quite a bit in the early days from my, my own earthly father. And he was always saying, you're wasting your brains doing that Jesus stuff, you know. And he, and he would really mock the things of the Lord. And it really, it stabbed, it hurt. 
And the Lord told me this verse, look, you, no man after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Are you going to come follow me? Are you going to do the work I put you to do? You put your hand on the plow, let's go. Don't look back. And remember that what the servants said to Jesus in that parable? They said, um, can we just go bury our parents? Can we go back and take care of business and then, then we'll come follow you? And what did he say? Let the dead bury their own dead. You come follow me. When it comes to following the Lord, sometimes you gotta, you got to just go even to leave your own family. And it, it's, it hurts in the heart. But Jesus says, when you do this, because Peter was like, we did that. We left everything to follow you. And Jesus says, you haven't left nothing. He puts it in perspective. You haven't left nothing what you're not going to gain back. Like all I got right here. Look at all these brothers and sisters I have. See, I might have left one there, but the Lord says, look what I give you here. All this family. And I got family from all different places in the world now. We have ones from all over. And I think this is all family in the Lord. In Christ. These are your brothers and sisters, fathers, mothers. You know, sometimes the Lord is so kind. He gives. He, Jesus said, you're not even leaving your parents for my namesake without me giving you back more. In the Lord, I'm so grateful for those ones that have been like a father or mother spiritually. You know, just some people say in Hawaii, a Hanai, a Hanai parent that, that looks after you. But you know how sweet it is. In the Lord. And Jesus told him, you're not leaving nothing that you won't gain back more for following me. I will take care of you. I want you to take comfort in these words because let me tell you, the devil likes to make a record spin sometimes in our head that he puts a little scratch on it and he likes it to replay in our head. You're losing everything for following me. You're losing it. You're losing it. You're... And Jesus says, Put that past that scratch. Let me tell you the truth. You're losing nothing. You're gaining more. More mothers, more brothers, more sisters, more family. When you come follow the Lord than you ever had in your own family. You gain all the body of Christ as a family. And it's not just this little group here, guys. I'm talking. We got, we got brothers and sisters in all over. And all different fellowships. Don't ever get snobby and think, oh, we're so good. We're better than the other. We are no better than any other group. We have brothers and sisters. Oh, this is what Jesus says. He says, that, but not only will you get mothers, brothers, sisters, all the things what you loved more in this life, you shall also gain one other thing. Everlasting life. You know that thing what Peter was all, well, what about us? Don't worry about you. You've got a lot more family to be added. Now, he's one of the first guys in the group. What about all the ones that were going to come hundreds, thousands of years later? What does the Lord say about them? The Lord says, i got work to do in my vineyard. Hey, you guys, you're first in the group. Peter. John, James, you guys, get into the harvest. Remember he said, look at the field. It's white with harvest. Go harvest. He was telling them, we got some souls to win. Guys, the, the fields were white with souls. He wasn't talking like harvest of grain. or He's talking about people. But they were the first ones in the field. They started working way before us. Who does he go and find later? Still way later. In the, and by the way, just so you know, 
What does it say? And it's ironic that it would be Peter who writes this. To the Lord, a day is how, as a, as how much time is to man? A thousand years. A thousand years is as a day. So how long has it been in God's perspective that he's been gone? Two days. To the ones who was there in the beginning working in the field, he says, I'll give you a Daenerys. I'll give you what's worth, you know, I'll give you a day's wage. Come work. But even to the end of that day, coming real close to the end of the day, he finds other ones standing around. Hey, why don't you guys come work? Now, I equate this to think through time. It could be a thousand years later, some guys are invited to come work, but it's really close to the end of the day. Does the Lord say, well, I'm giving those guys package deal, Daenerys for them, but you guys that came late, you only get a fraction? No. What was the topic what we started on? The rich man going to the eye of the needle was like, well, that was about salvation, right? Hard for a rich man to be saved, to have everlasting. But see, to God, all things are possible. He wants all to be saved. I believe he's inviting men to come even in the last hour. Come, I have something to pay you. Come work with me. And what's the pay? What does he want to give? Peter said it is God's will that none should perish, but all should have everlasting, eternal life. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. If your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information about Amazing Grace Kona, go to our website, AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.